hockey fans, T-Boss is 13-3 here with another top-shelf guest, Hibbing, Minnesota native and Golden Gopher legend, Pat Micheletti. This episode is sponsored by Riverside Bike and Skate, Markin & Johnson, Hertel Law, and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Moog. Hey, we are here with Pat Micheletti, as JC just said, at kind of our home away from home, JC. We're at Tom Reed's uh, Hockey City Pub in St. Paul, Minnesota, and Pat has graced us with his presence today. We're going to talk some hockey. Thanks so much for coming, Pat. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. As I've mentioned before, you know, I've been listening to you guys and watching you guys and you know, finally, I get the opportunity to be on with you guys. So uh, it's it's great. And anytime we can talk hockey, it's a, it's a great day. Absolutely. And, and let's start off with you are in the hockey business all the time. Um, what are you doing now? Well, yeah, that's a great. Yeah, kind of everything, right? Um, no, I do some radio for KFAN Radio. I have a show that I do, a hockey show, Beyond the Pond, that uh, – Kevin Falness, who is is with the Minnesota Wild, uh, he and I do um, all winter long, which is which is really fun. Um, and I work for the Big Ten Network, uh, doing games for them and uh, some of their content work. So that keeps me busy. Um, I do, you know, whatever um, TV is available, I will do. Whoever calls, uh, I'm there. I do some Iowa Wild games. Uh, so kind of all over the place, and and uh, so. It's uh, it's been my passion, and you know it's been my life. So I wanted to stay in the game, and, and this is what I uh, decided to do. So speaking of your life, uh, you were born and raised in Hibbing, Minnesota, in the heart of the Masabi Iron Range. Tell us about your childhood. I heard you had a lot of family members. Yeah, T- tell you know, us about I, that. Well, I I I've, I come from the I'm the ninth of nine. And my mother oh, always, no. my mother always reminded the rest of my family. It took her nine times to get it right. Oh, so, you know, and they don't believe me, but no, I, you know, I was very fortunate to to have um, a really, really great family. Uh, you know, you know, starting with my parents, obviously, and and believe it or not, my dad was not a big sports guy. It was my mother who really. Um, you know, was at every game at, you know, getting us to practice and, and all that stuff. And, and um, you know, but but I had really good mentors in my brothers and my sisters. And, you know, that's why I was able to get to, you know, where I am today is is because of them. And, you know, growing up in a little small three-bedroom house and, and uh, I mean, with nine of us, you can imagine um, – <laughs> Uh, what it was like bathroom was, time was a premium oh, it was you know yeah when you had uh one and a half baths yeah oh my gosh it, it was and and uh but you know what you you find a way and and you do it and uh uh it was um you know it was i, I miss those days of, of of my youth growing up when did you start on the blades well my brother tom who was uh 17 years older than i um was at harvard and he came home one christmas and a pair of skates came. I was three when I started, just in a little backyard uh, rink that uh, that my brothers, you know, put together. And I started then, and we played out there, and and it just it just carried on. And you know, that's that's where it all started. So uh, being the youngest of of nine, and you, like you said, your mom took her nine yep. shots to get it right. You yep, know? yep, but she I'm, did. I'm so happy she yep. she went that far yeah, with you. No kidding, right? So uh, did they? How did they? How were they with you? I mean, you were the little guy, right? Tagging yeah. along. Did they? Did they grind you up, or did they? Well, I, I tell you what. You know, it 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 all starts with 
um, the ones ahead of you and you kind of follow their lead and you follow what, you know, what was set for them. And, uh, and for me, it was, you know, listen, you know, if I backtalk my mom or backtalk my dad, it wasn't them. It wasn't my parents who took care of it. It was my older brothers and my older sisters. And that was kind of the, the pecking order. Right. And, and, um, so, you know, you learned right away, uh, how to act and uh, how you're supposed to act. And, you know, uh, again, we can talk about sports and all that, all we want, but it's just, you know, how to be a good person and, and how you're supposed to act. And, and, um, you know, my brothers and sisters did that for me. Kept you in line. Kept, kept you me in, in line. Check. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. When did you, uh, you started at the age of three with the yeah. skates. Was that an outdoor rink yeah. atmosphere up there? So, always. Yeah. So back in my day, when you came out, you always played a little game of shinny. Yep. And you learned at that time how to be tough because the older kids didn't care nope. running you over. Right. Same thing, same thing with you. Oh, for sure. And it, and it was easy for me because I'd be in the backyard playing with my older brothers and they had no fear. I mean, they didn't care if I'm in the way, you know, you're going to get hit. But, <laughs> but, but no, you're right. Uh, you know, I grew up on the outdoor rinks. Um, I think there were seven, maybe eight in, in our town and they were all, you know, kept up, you know, fairly well. And, and it was whoever showed up, you played, you shoveled off the rink, and, and it didn't matter if you were a, a mite or a high school kid, you played. And, uh, and that's, that's how you, you know, how I really got my competitiveness is by wanting to, to beat those guys and be as good as those guys or keep up with those guys and learn from those guys and, and, and girls, I should say. And so, um, you know, that, that's, how, that's how it was growing up. So your brothers, they've, they've all achieved a, a high level of, yep. of athletics uh, achievement. So a lot of hockey players, and you had a brother that was also a high-level football player. Yeah. Yeah, we all, you know, that's, you know, when you grow up in a small town, as you guys know, um, you know, you, you, you got to keep busy. And we played everything. All my brothers, we, all, we, we played all the sports, hockey, football, baseball. In fact, I played basketball. I tried to play high school basketball. But the athletic director would not allow it because it conflicted with hockey on some nights. But I grew up with my friends playing elementary basketball, junior high basketball, all that. And I loved it. You know, I loved it. But, you know, he said, you got to pick one. And, you know, and, and, and for your winter sport and hockey, it was um, obviously because, you know, that was my main sport anyhow. But. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I played them all, and and I got better at hockey because I played those other sports. Hallelujah! And, I was going to ask you that. I, you know, I, 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 I just remember, you know, and talking to my brothers. You know, what if you're at the free throw line and you got to make it to win the game? That's pressure. What if you have to, you know, two strikes, you need a hit to win the game? That's pressure. So you. So all of a sudden, all that stuff, when you get on the rink, you don't feel any pressure because you've been through it and you know what pressure is. And, and I never, never played a game that I felt, oh, man, I have to be, I, I got to score. I, you, know, it, it, you know, it just, it just, never, it just never entered my mind. My, my mindset was, you're out here playing. Play. 
do what you do. And, uh, and I think that really helped me a lot, um, you know, in, in my career. For sure it did. Absolutely. How so, do you feel about the kids nowadays that are focusing just on one sport as opposed to the multiple sports? Do you have an opinion on that? Well, I do. Have, I, I do. And, you know, I, I, I do understand that times have changed. And, you know, we can argue whether it's for the, you know, the better or not. But um, I love when guys are um, playing all three sports or two sports or getting involved in other things. I don't like the fact that, you know, a lot of, you know, I think the pressure comes when you are only, uh, in, you know, involved in, in one, one thing. And I, I, I think it affects players. Uh, I see it. Um, you know, I see it in parents uh, who are putting all their eggs in one basket here and, and, and thinking that their son or daughter is going to make it or, or the kid thinks he's going to make it. And then, Lo and behold, you know, it, it rarely happens. And um, so, I, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think the fun of athletics gets taken away a little bit. Now a lot of people say, well, he just loves it and that's all he wants to do. Or, you know, I, I, I don't believe that. I really don't. And uh, I, wish kids, I wish kids got involved in, in, other, in other stuff. Um, because I tell you what, there was nothing better for me that when hockey season ended, I knew baseball was right around the corner. I can put, I can put hockey away for a while, and 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 then have that energy and that that want to get right back on the ice when it was hockey season again. And I think there's something to be said for that. Um, but you know, again, we're we're in different times, and I understand. I guess. Speaking of different times, I, I noticed that you also have two sisters, and yes. I think they probably grew up in a time when there wasn't a lot of opportunities right. for women. But were they out there whacking around with you well, guys? On well, the I'll rink tell team? you what, you know, there there weren't many women's sports back then at yeah. all. But at Christmas time, uh, everyone would come home, and I'm talking, and they're all older, right? And we're still in this little three bedroom house, and, <laughs> and I'm the, you know, at one point I was the king of the house, and I had the, I had the main bedroom right but now <laughs> when, when they, they came well, home now when they get home i got kicked out but every christmas my mom would be inside cooking and we would have everybody all my brothers my dad and my two sisters and we play street hockey game and there were no holes barred it didn't matter my dad was in the way he's getting thrown in the snowbank and and it got competitive because we all were competitive we all wanted to win and it was the best time. It's what everyone looked forward to every Christmas. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a tradition in our family. That's <laughs> <laughs> I could just see that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was crazy. And, my, and, my, and, and the thing was, every, in, the, in the first, you know, we used to have a draft. Right? And so the first draft, the first pick in the draft every year was not any of us who played hockey. It was my brother Jim who played football at North Dakota because, you know, he never played hockey. And so he had no skill, no hands, no, but if you got near him, you're, you're gone. You're flat on your face. And so he was, we always wanted Jim on our team. <laughs> Didn't want to get in his way. No, Enforcer. not at all. Oh, it was unreal. Yeah. Well, you moved up the ranks pretty good in, in youth hockey and, and your senior, was it your senior year? You had 26 goals and 39 assists. Yeah. In 22 games, when did colleges start knocking on your door? 
Well, you know, I was again. I was. I was. You know, you first first to 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 get um, colleges looking at you. You have to do something, right? So you mentioned what I, what I did there, but it it helped with. You know, I had two older brothers. You know, all, all my brothers. And one went to Harvard. One went to Air Force. Uh, one went to Gustavus, and then my two other ones, uh, Joe and Don, were both at Minnesota. So we had a hockey tradition in our family, and and um, and by the time, right around when I was a ninth grader, I started getting recruited, and um, and you know it was to me if, if back then it was flattering, but you know you didn't really think much beyond just playing, and uh, and then you know obviously it really ramped up. My senior year is when you start taking trips and and uh, and, and being recruited and and you know um, a lot of a lot of a lot of schools backed away because of my brothers at Minnesota. They thought it was a slam dunk. I was going there. Little did they know that wasn't the case. Um, you know, I was open to going anywhere and almost did end up at North Dakota. But um, but that being said, yeah, I. I I really, really enjoyed uh, the recruiting process. So right out of the gate, it, it was colleges. Did you yep. have any opportunities to go junior at that point, or didn't even think about it? Mm, didn't back back then. I, no, it, it was. I, I I was at a level where, you know, that it was it was going to be college. Yep. Okay, just because. Um, and so no, I it. it and, and back then, the USHL was a league that took um, players that were not ready for the D1 level. Right. Okay? They needed another year. And um, I was, you know, at that point where I was getting recruited to be ready that year. Okay? Right. And, and now the USHL, it's all changed, right? You, you really go to the USHL or NAHL um, to, you know, to, to get that extra year in and get bigger and stronger and faster and work on your skills. And, but that wasn't the case back then. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I it didn't, uh, didn't entertain, didn't even enter my mind. Really. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What was the recruiting process like back? <clears throat> you know, we've talked to old timers that, yep. you know, like, uh, Darcy Way went to Michigan Tech, and, yep. and he had two eggs on a paper plate with some bacon, and <laughs> John McGinnis came by, tapped him on the shoulder, shook his hand, said, like to have you here, and that was it. So what was it like back in your day? Well, it was, uh, you know, it was a little different. Um, you know, uh, we, we had a really good team. In fact, the Iron Range that year, um, I think we had 16 guys go Division One. if oh, you can imagine. Yeah. It was, it was uh, you know, it was really, really good. And so there were, there were, you know, college scouts up there all the time. Um, in fact, Dean Blaze, who was at North Dakota, North Dakota at yep. the time as an assistant, is from the inter from International Falls. <clears throat> he used to stop inhibiting. My mom would make him dinner, and he would go to Virginia Rapids or somewhere and and be watching somebody. Not to come watch me or whatever, you know, at that at that time. Yeah. Um, but. You know, he's a good friend of the family, and, and uh, you know, so he'd stop, and my mom would have dinner for him, and off he'd go. But um, um, so it was, you know, back then, 
um, they wanted to, wanted to get you early and get you signed. And that was a big thing. And, and, you know, Denver was all over me. North Dakota was, was all over me. Uh, you know, the Michigan schools and, and, uh, you know, some, some teams from out east. And, you know, I just waited. I, I, in fact, I didn't commit to Minnesota until after the state high school hockey tournament. Never happens. It never happens. These guys now, you know, it's changed, right? Oh, but, yeah. but we, but I didn't, I didn't feel a need to commit. Um, uh, you know, I, I wanted to wait and see what, you know, what else potentially could come up. And, um, had you been offered at that time? I, I, yeah, I was offered pretty much, uh, from the beginning of the season, okay. uh, by Denver, by, and it was really funny. UMD recruited me or didn't recruit me, I should say. UMD was at a game. We're playing uh, Cloquet, Corey Millen, right? He and I were, were, you know, neck and neck for scoring up there uh, for four years. And so big game, Cloquet comes, they beat us, and Mike Sertich is there. And, uh, and Mike comes down, and he says, he talks to Millen, and then he comes over to our room, and, he, and I'm talking to him. He says, you know, I'm not going to even recruit you. He says, I know you're not coming here. You're going to Minnesota, so that's it. Done. You know. Oh, and, 30. And, what the heck? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> to a certain degree, he may have been right. He ended up being right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I love 30 to death. And, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, we battled for when, when he's at UMD and I'm at Minnesota. But, uh, you know, he just, he was honest, you know, and I like that. Now, <clears throat> when I went to Wisconsin on a recruiting trip, I knew why I, why I was going there. They knew or I thought that I was also going to go to Minnesota. But Bob Johnson was a the coach there, right? Oh, and Glenn, yeah. Grant Stanbrook was the assistant. He was from originally from Coleraine, so I knew Grant a long time. And he said, ah, come on down for a visit. So he says, we're going to go to lunch with Bob. I'm like, okay. I go to lunch with Bob Johnson. And we sit down, me, him, and Grant. And he, all he does is ask me about all the players in Minnesota. If I played against them, what they're like. Because he he was using me to get my opinion on those guys, you know. Yeah. You know, who should he offer? You know, <laughs> Dave Maley, Ernie Vargas, Marty Wiedela, uh, Jim Johansson. That, you know, that was yeah. the class. Mm-hmm. And and there were other guys that he asked me about. And, and uh you know, it was really, but 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 see, he knew he was really smart. He, he knew you, know? you were going to Minnesota. Well, too. Well, at least they, they thought Figured, that yeah, anyway, and yeah. and you know, quite frankly, maybe they weren't going to offer me. Um, you know, we never got that far, but I, it was really really interesting. And and North Dakota, um, they recruited me really really hard. They wanted Tony Kellen and I, uh, Tony Kellen from Grand Rapids, Rapids yeah. uh, who ended up at Minnesota also, and they offered Tony and I. Uh, right off, right out of the gate, Tony and I and Scott Sandlin went went there. We drove there on a recruiting trip, oh. and um, and and they offered Tony and I, and they didn't offer Scott yet. Right, they were waiting because they had already committed some D and told him to hang on, and and uh, and then Scott ends up going ended there because yep. Tony goes to Minnesota. But I remember, uh, and they offered a full ride right away. And Dean thought he, you know, everything, you know, it was, it was a great relationship. And I was really, really close to going there. And I, when I told, when I told Gino Gasparini calls me and he says, well, what are you going to do? And I said, well, 
I'm going to go to Minnesota. Click. <laughs> Hung up on me. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was the end of our conversation. And, you know, we laughed about it later because, you know, I got along with, you know, Gino really well. Nothing but, you know, total respect for him and the programs. But, but you know, you they move really, on, man. Damn. You got other calls and, to make. Guess what? My dad was mad at me because he, you know, he thought, you know, maybe it'd be good for you to get away from Minnesota because of Joe and Don, both captains, both national champions. And, you know, I thought it'd be too much for me. Uh, to handle or didn't want me to to have to do that and i'm like you know screw that you know they did it i'm gonna do it and yeah you know uh, that that's the way i i i looked at it you know so having those two older brothers there i'm i'm guessing you had multiple opportunities to get down there you yep. met the guys yeah. you met the coaches you were in the building you're in the locker room i mean you had a lot of familiarity with minnesota at that time yeah herbie brooks gave me free reign to be or do whatever i wanted which was you know, the the, uh, the ushers there would say, you know, you can't go in. I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, well, go tell Herbie that, you know. And I'd be I'd be in there when he's talking to the guys and the whole thing. And, you know, I'd be on the bench. Um, in fact, a, a really f- interesting story. 1976 at the national championships in Denver, okay? Minnesota plays BU, bench clear. They win the game, you know, day off. And Minnesota's practicing. And at that time, my brother Joe was on the team. He's a, he's a junior at the time. And my brother Don went up to Canada. Herbie sent him up to Canada. Or, you know, Don decided to go up to Canada. You know, he needed to work on his skating and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and Don got offered a scholarship to Denver and Colorado College. And Herbie at the time only had a half scholarship for him. And so we're at practice. Herbie didn't go on the ice. I am 12 years old. Okay? I'm 12. <laughs> All right. I'm sitting next to Herbie. And he's bitching about my brother Don. He says, you know, he says, he says, Pat, tell you one thing. I want guys who want to be gophers. You tell your brother, I will give him a full scholarship if he tells me that he wants to be a gopher. So. 12 years old. Yeah, Here you 12 go. years old. You know, and by the way, keep in mind, no cell phones, right? Right. Any of that. <laughs> so Minnesota ends up winning the national championship, blah, 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 blah. And so we talked to my brother Don once a week. He was still up in Canada. And I said to my dad, I got to talk to Don. I got to talk to Don. I'm like, Don, you just do this for me. Trust me. Tell Herbie you want to be a gopher. And Don's stubborn. Oh, yeah, they ain't got for me. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't offer me a full ride. I'm, I'm going to go to Colorado. Donald, just tell him you want to be a gopher. And finally, he did. Gets a full ride and, you know, wins uh, the national championship in 1979. 36 goals he had that year. Um, 72 points. Uh, you know, a g- g- great career at Minnesota. Yeah. And uh, But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what happens when you, you, you grow up in a hurry when you're 12 years old. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You know, we've heard a lot of stories about Herb Brooks over yep. the years. And, and one of the things that is discussed is that he would fire himself up by, in, in a lack of better words, picking fights with yep. other people. No doubt. Okay. So you had the same experience with him where he just, he'd get fired up just to, you know, Talk to somebody in a rude way or, or whatever it might take just to get his emotions going. 
I tell you, he looked at my father as a father figure. Okay, so when Herbie and my father talked, they never talked about Joe and Don who were at the U at the time. Okay, my dad would, you know, they'd go and, you know, whatever Herbie's problems were with a player or this or that or or a situation or whatever, my dad would give it to him, and and Herbie would, you know, would would listen and. It was uh, just a uh, a really good relationship. Never talked about Joe and Don and if they were playing enough or this or that or the other thing or should you know and never about telling them how to coach or 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 who you know any of that. But it's just about life stuff. Oh. And and uh, and to this day, I'll ne- I'll never forget. Uh, you know, both my parents had passed away. My father first and. And um, I, I think, you know, my brother Joe and Herbie were really, really tight. And, and uh, so Joe had let Herbie know. Herbie, one time, was in Montreal and caught a flight, drove four hours through a snowstorm to be at my father's funeral. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. Next time, my mother passes away. Sure enough, who's at my mother's funeral? Herb Brooks. I mean, it was just, he was just that kind of guy. And... Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I played briefly under Herbie when he was with the North stars and, uh, and it was, it was really weird cause I, I had known him since I was, you know, this high and, <laughs> and then to play under him. But, but, uh, no, he was, he was a great man. And, uh, and you know, the sad thing is I was behind him. I was 45 minutes behind him the day that he passed. We were at oh, the no. U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame yeah. fundraiser up at, yeah. at in, in Bawabic at Giants Ridge. And um, and he had left early, and then, I, you know, I wasn't too far behind. And, yeah, it was, it was a sad day. Yeah. Sad day. Sad day for hockey. Yeah, it really so, was. So speaking of the North Stars, you were uh, – you were drafted by them in yes. 1982 in the ninth round, 185th overall. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. how did you find out you were drafted? I'm guessing you weren't at the draft. I was not at the draft, and uh, um, you know, it was uh, I didn't know where I was going to go. You know, it was uh, anywhere from the third round to the to not being drafted. I mean, it was you know back then it, it was it, again it was different, um, and I was hoping. Once it got to like the sixth, seventh round, that I wouldn't get drafted because then I wouldn't be a free agent. The rules were different then. I'll tell you that story later. But but um, I was uh, I was actually down in the cities. I was uh, playing in the summer league. You know, Brad Buto was a coach. Wanted me to come down and skate all summer and you know get ready. But I got a call from from Glenn Sonmore and. Uh, you know, uh, rest in peace. One of the greatest humans ever, and the funniest quite a, guy. Quite ever. a character, right? And he right? was, yeah, character, <laughs> character guy. And and you know, he welcomed me and to the organization. And um, you know, I mean, it's a special day. I don't care. You know, I don't care what round you get drafted in to get drafted. You know, it's it's a special day for a young kid. Yeah. Go ahead, Mahoke. Oh, I was going to give a shout-out to some sponsors. Is that okay? Yeah, give her a shout. All right. Hertel Law is the law firm you want on your side, focusing on criminal defense and personal injury. Harry Hertel has been obtaining results for clients in the Chippewa Valley since 1981. When you need legal help if injured or accused of a crime, call 715-832-4330 for a free in-person consultation. And Mark and Johnson. 
Thanks to our friends at Market and Johnson, longtime supporters of the great game of hockey and our youth throughout the Chippewa Valley. You talked a little bit earlier about uh, doing broadcasting yep. for the Big Ten Network. Yep. The state of college hockey right now, in my opinion, changed dramatically with the Big Ten. Yep. The old WCHA, the old rivalries are gone. New rivalries are hopefully being formed. What did you see from the booth? Did you see, uh, again, my opinion, I don't think that that was the best thing for hockey. I miss the old rivalries, the old divisions, things like that. What are you seeing from the broadcast booth? Well, that's a long answer. Uh, I I love the rivalries. (laughs) I I think we have to, as – um, as hockey people understand that we are not college basketball, that we are not college football. And uh, rivalries are important and geographics are important. And um, I, I understand uh, with the Big Ten, um, I, I, I think there, I got to be careful here. I, I, I think there would be a way if, if every, because I talked to all these coaches, all the time, all the time, what would they like to see? They like to see the rivalries. They like to see, uh, um, you know, because, you know, just think we have six teams here now in the state of Minnesota that so are Division I. going to ask you about that. Yeah. And, and you can't tell me that you couldn't get a great television package. You can't tell me that every building would not be sold out every single night um, because of that rivalry. And everyone hates Minnesota, and everyone wants to play Minnesota, and 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 that's and that's fine, and that's great. Yeah, you know, you yeah. you want that, and um, and and you've got look at the number of Michigan schools and the rivalries that I have. Listen, I I've talked to uh, coaches. Uh, uh, you know, all over, I won't name, but when, when they say, Hey, when Bowling Green comes in here, you know, we'll get more, uh, for a Bowling Green game than we will for, uh, UMD coming in or, you know, or North Dakota coming in or someone like that. Um, because of the rivalries in the, in the ge- you know, geography of, of where everybody is, I, I, I think we miss that a little bit. Um, I, you know, I listen. The, the the Big Ten is 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 turning into um, a power now. You know, I I think it. You know, that you're you're getting all of the number one draft picks, number two draft picks, number three draft picks are all heading you know to the Big Ten, and whether it be you know whether you know whether you know it'd be Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, um, the NCHC Great League, CCHA. You know, it's a it's a different league. It's coming. It's coming, especially yeah. Augustana in here now, and you know what Minnesota State has done. It, it's a you know they're different, um, but you know still, it, you know I I love college hockey. I think it's you know I think it's the best in the world. So when you played, there were it was UMD and the Gophers yep. were the only two D one, but now it's expanded significantly in Minnesota. That's that's a good thing, as you see, isn't it? Oh, it, it gives so many more kids an opportunity, and and you know that that's the that's the main thing, and and uh, uh, you know, you, and you can thank Herb Brooks for his vision. I mean, he I mean, he he was the one who said before St. Cloud got started, and he started St. Cloud that you know we we need to have. You know, he looked at Michigan. He thought well, Northern Michigan, Michigan Tech. Uh, you know, all these schools of Division One hockey, and we, we, you know, we're the state of hockey, and we only have one, 
or two, I should say, UMD in Minnesota. And, um, and so he built it and, and, uh, and look at it now. It, it, you know, I think it's, it's, it's wonder, it's, it's wonderful. And we have great coaches, you know, all, all great coaches, all Minnesota guys, uh, except for Rico Blase, who, you know, is at St. Thomas now, but, um, so really, really good coaches. And, uh, you know, just to, to give more kids the opportunity, I think is great. Yeah, I agree. You know, you've got quite a history with Minnesota. You were a Hobie Baker finalist, uh, first team All American. You also finished a uh, career second all time in points, 269 yeah. points, but 403 penalty I minutes. <laughs> you are a scrapper. I was immature. I'll be the first to admit it. No, a emotional you know, part there? of it, part of it, um, was, um, was, was immaturity and, and, uh, lack of self discipline. But part of it was calculated because I scored majority of my goals from two, three feet out. And I had to establish position. Mm-hmm. And I had to let people know, you know what? You're just not going to cross-check me in the back or hit me behind the legs without getting hit back. Yeah. And after a while, they thought, you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then, you know, so you had to create your own space. And, and uh, you know, it's either kill or be killed. And I chose to get involved and, and, uh, but, but that's what made me successful, um, because I wasn't, um, a burner. I wasn't a great skater. You know, I had to outthink my opponents. And, uh, and part of that was, was, you know, where are you going to score? Hmm. Where are you going to score? You know, it's going to go off your, could go off your head, could go off your ankle, could go, doesn't matter. You're not going to do it if you're in the corner. You're going to do it in front of the net. And that's, um, you know that that's what led to my success a little bit. Well, that's that's part of uh, that philosophy of the defenseman. You know, I'm going to give this guy a couple of shots, and he's not going to want to come in here anymore. Right. And if you're the kind of guy who's going to shy away from that, you're not going to have a long no. career. No, and, and like and, you say, you and don't... once they know they got you, they got you. Yeah. And so yeah, you know, but once soft. they know, you know, if you don't push back a little bit, then um, you know, then you're not going to be successful. And then guys get afraid and. You know, you, you can't, you, you, you can't have that mentality if you want to score goals. And I wanted to score goals. That was my job. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for our listeners, we never did discuss what position you did play and, and why did you pick that position? Well, I was a center all the way growing up. In fact, uh, my, my two line mates, since I was a mite, were twins, the Hooper twins. Oh. And uh, we ended up both playing at Illinois Chicago Circle when they had a Division One school. Um, and so, but when I got to Minnesota, they, they were loaded up the middle. You know, Corey Millen was going to, was one of them. He came to Minnesota. They had Rick Erdahl, who was my centerman for three years, and Scott Bukestead at the time. Well, okay. They moved me to wing right away, you know, cause those guys were the top three, you know, going to be in, and, uh, and I didn't mind. I didn't care, you know, it, um, because at that point in time, you want to get in the lineup and you want, you know, you did whatever and, played wherever they told you to, you know, whatever they told you to do to get in the lineup. And uh, so I ended up at wing and, and uh, played mostly wing my whole career. So back in your time too, Pat, um, the majority of the players were from Minnesota, yep. the state of Minnesota, right? Um, that's changing a little bit now. How do you feel about that? Well, the game's grown, so you got to love that. 
You know, I mean, oh, we're yeah. we're in all we're in all fifty states now. Well, forty nine Hawaii. I don't know if they play. Um, <laughs> they got but, one rink. I yeah, think. they got right. a nice some nice beaches down yeah, there. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. And uh, but you know, I I again, it, it, times have changed, and there's more players, and there's more opportunities. And God, I can't even think what we had thirty five maybe Division one teams when I was playing, and now they're up to sixty one, sixty two. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, a lot more opportunity. Yeah. It's a lot more competitive to, to in, in the recruiting circles. So um, I think it's great. You know, I, I, I really do. Through your career as a broadcaster, is there a game that stands out that you were calling that, you know, that was just the ultimate game to watch and, and, and to be there announcing it? Well, I, I, I don't know if I want to say um, best game. But the highlight of my broadcasting career uh, was when I got to call a game with my brother Joe, who is a uh, uh, the color analyst for the New York Rangers. So he's working for NBC, and he's doing a game in Tampa. The next day, he was scheduled to do a game in Minnesota, game five or game four of Minnesota, and. Winnipeg. Well, it's April. We get this monster snowstorm. And I get a call from him saying, Hey, uh, stay off your phone. You might be you might be getting a call from NBC to take my place tonight. I'm like, What? <laughs> he says, Yeah, I'm stuck. I don't know if we'll get there. And you know, they, they may need you to fill in. Well, I get off the phone with him, NBC calls. To this eight, you know, can you do it? You know, so of course I can do it. You Absolutely, know, I'd be, I'd, yeah. I'd be thrilled to do it. You know, and uh, and then I get a call like an hour later, and from the producer, and he says, you know, it looks like your brother's going to get here. We're not a hundred percent sure, but he said, the hell with it. Doesn't matter if he gets here or not. We'll use both of you. Oh, and so, how cool. Man. So. Um, so we're, we're getting right up until game time. I'm, I'm looking down and, and they say, why don't you just start off in the booth, you know, with Gord Miller, you know, who's a fantastic play by play guy. And, uh, and sure enough, right during the national anthem, who do I see running through the Minnesota wild tunnel is my brother. And he gets over, uh, you know, to in between the benches. So he's in between the benches. I'm up top. And, oh. and I, you know, and so the game, you know, the game starts and we're just doing the game. We didn't even have any high, high, you know, <laughs> that, you know, end of, the, end of the first period, he calls me up. He says, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Are you? Yeah, good to see you made it. But, but, uh, you know, for he and I to be on the call, uh, you know, that nothing, nothing will ever top that. That's very cool. Yeah. That, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. NBC, nice of them yeah. to allow that. Both yeah, to be it, involved it, it with was that. great. Yeah, and uh, so how do you yeah. do between the benches? Um, not bad. You know, he talks a lot. <laughs> okay, I said, right. let me talk a little bit more. <laughs> no, it was a fight for uh, fight for the mic. Fight but for airtime. No, it was, it was it was really great because you know we think the game a lot alike, and um, you know, so it, we 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 really really enjoyed it. You had mentioned uh, earlier there was a story you might want to share about the draft and and free agency. Yeah. What, well. What, Here's the deal. I get drafted, right? Ninth round. You know, again, thrilled to be drafted. Um, 
and you know, you know, you don't know what's what's going to happen. So I end up having a pretty good career at Minnesota, right? And my my junior year, when I had 96 points, 48, 48, I think I was uh, second or third in the country in scoring, and that was the first big year of NHL free agency for college guys. And I'm thinking, okay. And and uh, at the time, of course, North Stars owned my rights. Well, Adam Oates, Chris Shahaki, uh, uh, there's a kid, uh, uh, Ray Stazak, who was at, at um, Illinois Chicago Circle, had a monster year in the CCHA. Monster year. A couple other guys. And they're getting... Big deals, all free agent deals, oh, right? Sure. So I get a call from Louie, Nanny, yeah. who was a GM of the North Stars at the time. He says, if you want to sign, I'll sign you. But guess what? I'm going to give you the same contract next year. It doesn't matter. And so I had no leverage. They had all the leverage. Yeah. And he said, you know, you, you, you know, I mean, he said you should go back anyway, you know, play another year, try to win a national championship, yep. on and on. And, and that, that made a lot of sense, too. And so I ended up going back. But if I would have been a free agent, and you know, whether I would have made it or not, I would have got, got a pretty big contract. Yep. Just based on what the landscape was at the time. And, yep. and, uh, but, you know, I, I have no regrets of going back. Uh, uh, you know, if, in fact, if I could have played another five years, 10 years at Minnesota, I would have. You know, that's how much I love college hockey. It was oh. it was the best. So we interviewed Blake Pila a, yep. a few weeks ago for yep. Michigan Michigan Tech course, CCHA goalie yep. and player of the year. Yep. And he's going back for another year. Yep. And he said that, too. He said, I'd, I'd keep playing as long as they'd let me stay. Yeah. It, well, you know, uh, Justin Close will be a fifth-year senior at Minnesota, yep. Jackson yep. Nelson. They're all coming back um, because they love it. They want to win a national championship. And, and it, you know, to be a college athlete, um, now and and how they're treated and and they're you know it's just it's it, it's it's a great deal and and uh you know for blake i think it's, it's a it's a great move for him you know he's gonna have a chance to win the hobie baker next year and and really um you know solidify himself as a top-notch free agent goaltender and um so i you know i i i think it's great uh that these guys get to do it and you and you establish and you mature another year uh, it's just amazing what what a year can do for you and uh so I, you know i listen i encourage everybody to stay as long as they can and uh enjoy it you um have called games at, at every level yep. essentially is there a player that stands out that you enjoyed watching on the ice well i tell you i there, you know, I've been around a long time. I haven't seen a player as dynamic as Logan Cooley is uh, of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of great players, and he's just one that just takes you out of your seat. Every time he's on the ice, you have to be prepared for something to happen, and you have to be surprised because um, – it's just some of the things he does I, I, I haven't seen. Now, you know, and, and this takes nothing away from a kid like Adam Fantilli, who is, you know, is going to be a great pro and yeah. pick third overall and, you know, phenomenal player. Uh, but, you know, when you when you see what Logan Cooley can do uh, at the college level, it's um, – I, I just haven't – I haven't seen another player like him. 
in all the years. I, I, I truly haven't. I mean, it's, it's, you know, just a, it's a treat to watch. So he had a great year last year, of course, and his line was snug root and mm-hmm. Matt Nice too, just phenomenal. Yep. So obviously number one in the country most of the year, going through the tournament, and they just <laughs> had a had a rough third period against yep. Quinnipiac and and didn't get there. But uh, thoughts on the Gopher program right now, and what do you think they're going to be like this year? Well, I'll start uh, at the beginning with uh, with the national championship. You know, I played in two. NCAA tournaments, final fours is what they were called back then. Yep. And um, they are hard to win. Winning championships is really, really hard. Uh-huh. And, and you don't know it until you're in it. And, um, and listen, you can't forget that the other team wants it just as bad as you do. Right. And it can come down to one hit, one turnover, one lucky bounce um, and, 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 and games like that. I credit Quinnipiac for their, their, their will. Their, they willed themselves to tie the game up. They took chances. Um, they, you know what? It was, it was, um, it was it was a really really good game and the 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 team that won it deserved to win it. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, and they did. Yeah. And so you tip your cap because it you know like I say it's it it's hard. It's really really hard no matter how good you are um and and you know I tell people all the time you know you have to determine what type of team you are and and go with it. Minnesota was an offensive team. They couldn't get it going in the third. They got they got you know snuffed in and and uh, and it was tough. And 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 Quinnipiac, you know, found a way to to get that goal. Now, um, you know, some teams are are a complete defensive style. Some have a little bit of both. Um, you know, but you have to find find that identity. And then you have to have everything going the right way. And uh, and and they did at the end and 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 won the national championship. We're going to give a shout-out to a couple of our sponsors here. Riverside Bike and Skate, Eau Claire's Hockey Headquarters, which is the oldest hockey store in the state of Wisconsin. Buy hockey gear from the people that play and know the game. And also keep in mind, in the summer months, they are a biking and kayaking headquarters. Pat and the boys uh, will take care of you down there if you're looking to go for a bike ride or a kayak ride uh, in the river. Yeah, I guess uh, it's a ride. A ride, a ride. I don't know. <laughs> and Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, which has been committed to the healthcare needs of patients in Western Wisconsin since 1954. The orthopedic surgeons and athletic trainers serve many area schools, and they also have a uh, anesthesiologist by the name of. Uh, uh, Steve Capilla that has put Mogi and I under a few times that grew up a short distance from yeah, Pat right here. down the block. Any, anything bad you can say about him? I can't say one bad thing about the Capilla family. Oh, wonderful, boy. wonderful, wonderful people. I you know, grew up with Steve and, and, and his brother Joe, and um, we, had, we had a blast playing uh, as kids and all the way up. So um, wonderful family. Well, the good news is each time he's put us under, we wake up. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then pretty much no worse for wear, right? right That's right. right. There you go. So, Pat, after you left the U, you played with the Springfield Indians of the AHL before you had your shot with the North Stars. So what did playing in Springfield teach you? 
It was a it was a rude awakening, that's for sure. Yeah, I had signed with the North Stars right after, um, right after my last game. In fact, with 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 the Gophers, I I signed a contract that night. In fact, I, I signed it out in Providence, Rhode Island, and I flew home with the team. And then the next day, I had to fly back out to Springfield sure. and get in their lineup and and play. And uh, you know, it was. Uh, you know, going through, you, you have to remember when you're in college, everyone's on the same level, and you're all you're all trying to get to that national championship. Yeah. You're all trying to win a championship. When you get to the pros, you know, especially back then, you know, you you've got guys in the minors, and I was my rookie year, but we're all trying to get up, and so it, it you know not having that, it didn't. It, the the feeling of a team was not present. Now times have changed. Now in in the American League, you know, and in, in in other you know pro leagues where you know they they're teaching the concept of 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 team first and and culture and and all that. And you know you'll get your chance if you do what you're supposed to do in in this role or that role. But back then it was it was it was a little different. Now we shared a, a minor league team with the New York Islanders. So first of all, you have you have two two teams sharing a Ooh. a uh, minor league team, yeah. and then you have guys that are your teammates, you know, in in the North Star organization. We're all trying to get up. So it it, it was just it was a different year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a it was an eye opener for me, and. Um, you know, but you learn a lot, and you know the next year went better, and finally got the call up, and uh, and then after my contract was up, obviously um, decided to go to Europe and play. So talk about the North Stars a little bit. Was it everything you you dreamed of? You hear you're playing in your home state. Yeah. You know what was that like skating on the ice with the, at the Met Center? Uh, it, it was uh, well, it was, it was you know you never think a ninth, ninth rounder is going to make it. You know, I always thought I was dumb enough to think I could make it. And, uh, and, didn't, and didn't think any better. You know, my goal is to get to the National Hockey League. And obviously, I would have liked to have stayed. Unfortunately, they had a guy my size by the name of Dino Cicerelli. Dino Cicerelli. Yeah, who scored 600 goals. And they weren't probably going to have two of us in the lineup together. And uh, so he, I. He so probably I, tied you in penalty yeah, minutes, though. Yeah, you know what? I, I learned a lot from Dino. And, and Dino was great to me, you know, uh, in, in my time with the, uh, with the organization. But I was with them. In a time where the the team wasn't very good either, yeah. and and uh, Herbie stepped aside, and and Louie uh, stepped aside as general manager, and so there was multiple changes in the organization. And you know, after my two years, I you know, like I said, I I uh, decided to go to Europe and play, and but it was it was wonderful. Um, you know, the guys were great, and um, you know, playing in front of your home fans and and, and wearing the North Star uniform was uh, something I'll never forget. You mentioned Dino Cicerelli. Uh, any other players that stand out during your time? Any characters or stories that you can share? Well, you know, I mean, I, I grew up in an era where uh, where Steve Payne was in, uh, and Brad Maxwell and uh, uh, Craig Hartsburg were, you know, uh, Kurt Giles. You know, all, all those guys were, you know, guys I grew I, I grew up watching. And then I'm like, what am I doing in their locker room? I'm playing with them, you know. <laughs> Uh, it must yeah, have been cool. It, it, it was. It, it was, and it was just. It was. It was weird because yeah. 
you know, you had so much respect yeah. um, for the for those guys and the careers that that they had. Now they were getting at the end of their career, obviously. Uh, if I'm watching them as a little kid, so um, uh, it, you know, it, it, it was great, and you know, it just uh, I really enjoyed that. So you moved over to Europe after that, yep. and, and you played in Italy. Obviously, you've got some Italian heritage. Yes. Was, was that part of it, or well, did you have yeah, options see, anywhere else? I was, I was lucky enough, because um, at the time in Europe, each team was allowed two imports, and that would be guys that aren't of national. Yep. But I was able to get my passport as an Italian. Wow. And, and, and so for them, it was like getting another import, right? So... Um, so I was able to get my passport and play as an Italian. Then we had two, uh, you know, two other imports come in, and, and uh, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was it was fabulous. We had, you know, I think we had fourteen North Americans on our on our team, and you know, we went twenty nine straight, didn't lose a game, um, won the championship over there, and 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 the Italian league when I was there was really really good, and in fact. Yari Curry came over. Mark Johnson came over. Mark Pavlich played in the league. Yep. Uh, I mean, there were really, really good players uh, in that league. And in fact, um, for our Olympic team, I think we had 18 guys that played in the National Hockey League that uh, were able to get their Italian passport. And unfortunately, I got hurt five days before the Olympics in in out for Albertville in oh, in '92. Yeah. And, uh, you know, didn't play in the Olympics, ended my career, in fact, in, oh. uh, in 92. But, uh, but, but, you know, we had a really good team and, you know, a bunch of good, really good guys. And, and, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed playing over there. So a career ended by injury. Yeah. So not by choice. No. Okay. No, I would. In fact, I, I tell people, I joke with people. You know, I could have played another ten years probably over there, and I probably would have stayed over there. You know, that's that's. A, you know, I, I enjoyed the lifestyle, enjoyed the country, and and uh, and and being over there. But um, you know what? That's 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 what happens. Yeah, that's part of sports. Yeah, yeah. You're in front of the net, whether it's in college or uh, or the pro ranks. Which defenseman did you hate standing in front of? Chris Chelios. Oh, Chelly. He <laughs> yeah. was a dirty SOB. Quick story. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so my freshman year, we're playing in Dane County Coliseum. You guys have been there. Oh, yeah. Craziest place ever to play. The best, most fun place to play out of any venue that I've ever been in is Dane County. So we're on the power play. I'm a freshman. And uh, our right defense takes a shot from the point, misses the net, bounces off the backboards, comes right out to me on the opposite side. I tap it in, and I start yapping. Uh-oh. You know, Chelly, this is out there, and blah, blah, blah. They, had a, they were really, really good. In fact, they won the national championship that year. <laughs> and uh, so later in the game, there's a play down in the Wisconsin end. Puck gets sent out of their end. Everyone is heading towards the Minnesota end, as I am. Both referees are ahead of us. They don't see what's going on behind the play. Behind the behind the play, unbeknownst to me, was Chelios. And all of a sudden, I'm down, flat on the ice. I'm like, what? And I have no feeling in my leg. He tomahawked me behind the back of the knee. Hits my nerve, the perineal nerve, I guess it was. And my, I, my foot... <laughs> 
<laughs> You're limp. Yeah. And I was out for like two and a half months. Oh, my God. Man. Yeah, they thought the nerve was severed and the whole deal. and But it was just so swollen. And finally, the feeling came back and, you know. Total, but anyway, total accident. Though, yeah. Right? So like three, four years ago, he wrote his book. And uh, he calls me and he says, listen. This the the author of this book is is going to call you. I don't want to give the story about what happened. You get to give it. So I get a call from from the author of the book. He said, "Tell me what happened." You know, because one chapter was devoted to his time at Wisconsin. Yeah, sure. And so I tell the story, and sure enough, it, you know, it was in the book. But you know, I mean, Chris and I have gotten. I mean, you know, we've gotten along for. You know, he's a great guy. We're good yeah. friend and. and <laughs> But but he got me. Competitor. He got me. He was a competitor yeah. Yeah. and one of the best American defensemen to ever play the game. Of all time. I mean, no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you know, he wanted to win. And I tell you what, I would have loved to... Well, love to have been on the same team with him. Yeah. You know, because he was yeah. he was great. You're right. He, he ranks probably number one as a U.S.-born um, defenseman. If not, I think the NHL Network had him listed as number one as a... American yeah, you know, players. I mean, he, he probably didn't have the points of a Brian Leach or, uh, you know, guy, some guys like that. But as, as far as overall um, defensemen um, on in both sides of the ice, uh, offense and defense, you know, I, I put him right up there. You know, I we've got to wrap it up here pretty quick. We've gone a ways, but I, I've got one more question. Mo, you got anything real quick? Why don't you ask and I'll look at this. And uh... We did an interview uh, about a year ago with a former uh, media guy who told us a story that he had the opportunity to ask Wayne Gretzky a question. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that came out of his mouth was, uh, yeah. any bad memories uh, of any uh, bad podcasts or interviews uh, w with anybody for you? No, but it's, uh, but I will say this, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really good friends with a lot of the coaches um, and, you know, throughout hockey throw college hockey and I'm with them all the time and I'm with them before and you know getting to the when, when you're interviewing somebody uh you you already know the answer and so trying to find the right way to to you know to to answer or or trying to get somebody to answer a question that's difficult is 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 one of the hardest things I think to do um and so you, you know, it just, you know, you've learned over the year, years, I should say, just kind of what to, you know, what to say to get him to talk. And, you know, and, but no, for the most part, you know, there, there hasn't been any, you know, wow moments for me anyway. I guess for me, uh, I'd just like to finish. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, surgeries before yep. we, be, we got the thing going. And I think you said something about 17 overall surgeries on yeah, your 18. knees, yeah. a couple on your hips, and then you had a kidney transplant yeah. for crying out loud. So you obviously are a warrior. Yeah. Take us through some of that. <laughs> well, stuff. I, you know, it was really, really strange. I, um, I had to quit playing in, in 92 cause you know, the doctors, you have a knee of a 70 year old, you need a replacement can you hold off for a while? You're young, um, you know, let's hold off and, 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 and as long as you can. Well, during that time frame, okay, you know, I said, okay, I'll wait. And 
during that time, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to play golf and, you know, st- st- trying to stay active and all that kind of stuff. Well, you get sore. And so I was Motrin. I, I just overuse of Motrin. And I didn't know any better. Caused my kidney to, you know, go bad. Wow. Kidneys, I should say. Okay. And, uh, and so sure enough, when, you know, my wife one day looked at me and said, you know, you look horrible. I'm like, gee, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> so her and, her and my oldest brother, Tom, said, you know, got me an appointment at, at Mayo and went down there. And immediately they knew, you know, your kidneys are shot. Yeah. You need a new kidney. And, and I'm like, okay, you know, I've got to get a donor. And I did not want to ask anyone in my family, but of course they all, all wanted to, you know, donate to me. And, you know, that's what our family does. And any family I should say would do for their sibling. But you have to automatically, you know, I'm thinking, okay, one of them's got a match, right? Well, all of a sudden you have to eliminate anyone with uh, diabetes, anyone who's had cancer. Uh, If anything else is wrong with you, you're eliminated. And, It came down to I think two that my daughter and uh, and then uh, the one who didn't play hockey my uh, or three I should say uh, my brother Jim who didn't play he was one and then my brother Jerry um, who ended up being my donor and uh, you know it was a great story he just hey whatever we got to do and and um, you know I'm thankful to him every day and, absolutely uh, yeah. you know that uh, you know things turned out right knock on wood it's been eight years now and. And feeling good, and um, so, um, yeah, I was pretty lucky. Well, you look really strong and healthy yeah. here, thank so, you. yeah, good for you. Thank you. And thank oh. you to your brother. Yeah, yeah. no yeah, kidding. Big time. Yeah. Pat, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. This has been awesome. Wow. All I can say we is We could wow. talk for another couple hours. I, hey, listen, <laughs> I do, I, listen, I, I love listening to you guys. You guys have a great podcast, and uh, I'm, I'm really I'm honored that you guys asked me to join. Oh, we're we're just uh, ecstatic. You said yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, All right. hey, we sure can. <laughs> right. We sure can. Oh, hey, ladies and gentlemen, please remember to say hi to our sponsors. Uh, hope you never have to visit Chippewa Valley Orthopedics, but if you do, <laughs> they're the best. And say, say hi to Pat and the boys down at uh, Riverside, and leave a uh, thumbs up or or uh, uh, something on social media helps us stay in the game. Absolutely, and a big thanks again to our guest Pat McLeddy, as well as you folks our audience please remember our sponsors riverside bike and skate market and johnson hertel law and chippewa valley orthopedics and sports medicine and follow us like jc said on your favorite social media platforms as well as youtube and remember folks until next time keep your head on a swivel and stay on your inside edges